Today, we're gonna to be talking about splitting the profits of a business that we buy with our investor who provides the down payment money. It's gonna be a good one. I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Deal Making, the podcast, YouTube channel, and blog, where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things, I talk to interesting people, and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like, and be sure to hit subscribe, and let's get to it. Are you thinking of growing your business or beginning a journey into entrepreneurship? Take a shortcut to success by buying an existing and profitable business the right way. Visit businessbuyeradvantage.com and learn more about my online training, group coaching, and consulting services designed to help you win. All right, so today I'm going to answer a question that came in by email from Sharon. So let me read it for you. It says, hi, David, I have a question in which I would love for you to answer or make a video on. I've been trying to see if any of your old videos answered this topic and I couldn't find any. And I, I don't, I, I've talked about equity financing before, but I don't know if I've quite addressed this specific thing, which is why I'm doing it today. And uh, he goes on to say, I am trying to acquire an absentee run business, but I don't have enough money to afford the down payment. So I have brought in an investor. When it comes to bringing in, bringing in investors, I have a couple of questions, which I hope you can cover in a video. Number one, how does equity splits work with an investor? Uh, I don't know what equity split means, but he goes on to explain. For example, in my scenario, the investor wants his money back in two years from the profits being split. Is this seen as getting his money back from EBITDA or free cash flow? The reason I ask the question is because, and he goes on, how could one create a valuation in the operating agreement to buy the investor share later on in the future? And does it make sense as an option to do, for example, a 70-30 profit share where the investor gets 70% of the profits till he's paid back and then it switches to 30-70 as I would be more active in the business and he would be a silent investor or would a continuous 50-50 make more sense? There is just so much on equity and financial partnerships and how they work that I don't know or don't understand in terms of splits and how the money moves and would love for you to cover this in a video. Awesome. Well, I love to cover it too, and that's why I've chosen this today to, to be the topic. So, uh, Sharon, first of all, um, the reason you're finding all of this different stuff, talking about all these different things, is because literally when it comes to an investor getting into bed with you to do a deal, for example, and they're going to give you some money and you're going to make a deal with them, uh, really, it's whatever deal you guys happen to come up with that you can do if you want. Now, you mentioned a few things in your question that I'm going to refer back to as we go through this video. So, But I want you to know that there's no such thing as standard when it comes to these private investment, private business deals. There are, however, other parties that are going to have to be satisfied. There is, however, the long-term ramifications of whatever deal that you do get involved in. And you mentioned a couple things in your in your question that are going to make me kind of focus or highlight some of the potential dangers that I see in the way that you're thinking about this transaction. So, so this is why I wanted to make it into a video today. So the first thing is, is we have no idea what's going to happen in the future. 
So to go and make a commitment of any kind, especially in the world of small business, for example, to your investors saying you're going to repay the money that uh, that they put in within a two year period, um, you know, I wouldn't do that. I would instead because because you don't know what's going to happen in the business. There could be any number of things that happens that prevents you from having enough money to be able to repay the investor. So instead of making commitments, what what I often counsel people do to do is to create deals in which it's obvious that you have a benefit or a strong reason or motivation in order to deliver upon a desired outcome. So I'll give you a quick example of that. So you could say, for example, that after two years, any balance of the investment that has not been taken back out for the investor is then subject to some other kind of gain or added benefit for the investor, which of course was going to come out of your pocket, out of the business's pocket. So, so we, the investor can see that you have every incentive to repay their investment within the two-year time frame, but you're not bound to it. And if they have to keep their money in longer, then they get some kind of further gain from having made the investment. So, so that's an example of what I mean by um, not making a commitment, but rather creating a set of circumstances that demonstrates that this is what you want to do and there's an advantage for you in delivering, but we don't know what's going to happen. Um, you mentioned in there about choosing to split the profits and you, and you raised the question of EBITDA versus free cash flow. So I don't like a specific commitment on any degree of profits being split. Why? Well, EBITDA, what does it stand for? Earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. So you mentioned having a loan. So if there's going to be some debt being serviced, you're going to have both an interest and a principal payment that has to be made to the bank. That's going to eat into your EBITDA cash flow. Um, if the business is profitable, you're going to pay taxes. Uh, if there's any amount of capital reinvestment, then that is represented by depreciation on the on the income statement. So the EBITDA is not real money. And so to say, I'm going to give a certain percentage of EBITDA to my investor uh, without fully fleshing out a cash flow forecast going into the future and understanding exactly what money really will be available is kind of foolish. Um, and it's also going to bind you and restrict your ability over the period of time when you're trying to split this revenue with the investor. Because if you have a machine break, for example, and you need to replace it, well, that's CapEx that's going to come out of your EBITDA. Um, free cash flow is the other one that you mentioned. Again, if you're going to own and operate a business, in my mind, you want to have full freedom and reign to do what needs to be done in order to ensure the success of the business and provide for the business what it needs, right? And take advantage of opportunities that might arise. And so, so this is why I generally don't think that sort of splitting profits in a certain way um, or making a commitment to do so makes sense. Now, there's something else you pointed out here. So you said down here in point four of your question, you said, does it make sense as an option to do a 70-30 profit sh uh, share where the investor gets 70 until he's paid back and then it switches to 30-70? as I would be more active in the business and he would be a silent investor or would a continuous 50-50 make more sense? Well, you know, you're, you're talking about percentages of the cash flow. You have not indicated to me what the percentages of the ownership would be, right? And so this raises a whole other question, is what will the investor get for their money that they're giving to you? 
there's all kinds of ways that this can be expressed. Um, they could buy common stock and you could own common stock and they could buy their stock and you could just get your stock for free because you found the deal or whatnot. Again, whatever you negotiate. Or the investor could be getting some kind of preferred stock. You know, you haven't told me where you live or what kind of loan you're going to be getting to help buy this business. For example, uh, the SBA doesn't like um, multiple varieties of share classes in, in the deals that they finance. But if you're not doing that, you could have a preferred share class, for example, for this investor. And so then the preferred shares could have different sort of characteristics associated with them. Early in 2023, I appeared at a um, online virtual conference called Boss Up, and it was hosted by buyandsellabusiness.com. And uh, I'll put the link to a video, not my appearance, but rather another fellow, a guy named Sam Rosati. So he appeared in that conference and he discussed a format for doing uh, one of these deals where investors put money in and in a, they get a preferred rate of return on the money that they put in, like a preferred stock kind of investor. And they enjoy that preferred rate of return as long as their money is in the business. So the owner of the business, the main primary person like yourself, you have an incentive to get their money back out because then you can save on this preferred distribution. Think of it kind of like an interest rate, but you can't call it that because it's not a loan, it's an investment. Um, but then these investors further get a percentage of the common stock. And so for those investors in the deals that Sam describes in that video, they would get a preferred rate of return on the money they put in. Once all their money has been paid back out, they would no longer be getting that preferred rate of return. But if there was ever a dividend distributed uh, from the company, if they owned 10% of the stock, for example, they'd get 10% of the dividend. And so, you know, when you say we're going to split 50-50, in my mind, I'm asking, well, are you going to own the business 50-50? Um, you also said you're going to be more involved in the business. And I know you said it was going to be an absentee operated business. But even if you're not there day to day, there's certain management work that you're going to do. And in my mind, doing work is compensated with a salary. And so this is another thing that people will often miss. I, I have met... I have met many people who have gotten into unsophisticated partnerships that kind of look like this. One person puts in the money, the other person puts in the labor, and they work full-time in the business. And so after a while, they start splitting the profits of the business, and each of them is taking half. Well, fast forward 10 years, the person who put in the money has taken out many times what they put in, but the person who's working all day every day, they're just getting half the profit. Eventually, the person who's doing the work every day grows resentful of the other partner, and then the partnership starts to break down. In reality, what should have been happening is the person working every day should have been getting a salary for the work that they do every day, and they should have you know, divided up the equity in some other way. So you need to think about the long-term consequences of these things. Now, uh, on the uh, another alternative kind of thing, uh, another story I'm going to share with you, is uh, for my Business Buyer Advantage group coaching program, I did an interview with a local pub owner here in town. And this pub owner raised money through investors to help build his pub. 
And so restaurants and bars are notoriously hard to borrow money for. It's considered a risky business from a bank's point of view. And so what he did is he had a whole bunch of investors come in and buy these preferred shares. And his commitment to them was simply that he was going to buy back their preferred shares at double the price they paid. But he didn't make any kind of time commitment. So when he started off, he his aspiration or his goal that he said shared with these people was that I hope to have you all paid out in three or four years. Well, some of them were there like eight years later, but eventually he paid them all out, right? And so again, it's whatever deal you manage to, to be able to create between yourself and the investor. Now, how do you set this up? How do you know if this is going to work or not, right? Well, I would say that the very first thing you have to do is you have to test some different scenarios that you think might be palatable to an investor. You might even have some conversations with the investor. But before you go and write anything down, you need to run this past the lender. Because in any kind of investor arrangement, if you're gonna be committing to give any amount of money to someone else, that's a cash flow demand on the business. And the bank is very much going to have a concern about any cash flow demands on the business that they've made a loan to. In fact, the bank might actually say that, hey, if we're going to lend you money for this business, you actually have to make a commitment to us that you will not be taking any kind of distributions or dividends or payments to investors out before we tell you it's okay. And they might ask you to sort of uh, put that plan on the back burner for several years. This is one of the ways that banks control risk. They want to make sure that this, is, this business is strong and healthy and can afford to make the loan payments. So number one, figure out what might work, either in consultation with an investor or just through your own imagination. Then talk with a lender and say, you know, if I did this, would this fly with you guys? Like, is this something that you would approve or not? Because there have been many situations where I've seen people make a purchase offer on a business They'll make a deal with a seller and then they'll get to the lender and the lender will say, yeah, we'll do a deal. We'll lend you some money to buy this business. But here are the things that need to change with the deal. Like the banks aren't don't have a problem dictating changes to a deal. If you want their money, you're going to play by their rules. So that would be the other thing. Um, who do you get help from for this kind of thing? Well, I mean, you dream up your deal with your investor. You come to an agreement with them about what you want to have happen. But then you're probably going to need to get some advice. And so in, I would not recommend, for example, just trying to learn from the internet, you know, from videos like mine or from things that other people have written down. Wherever you happen to live, you need to go and get advice from advisors that are versed in the rules that apply where you stand. And so you're going to need, for example, a CPA who's familiar with small business deals and, and private investments. Because here's the thing, maybe it's more tax efficient for your investor to have some other kind of structure in place and not just invest personally. Maybe there's a different way to structure how you own the business to be more tax advantageous for yourself or for the investor. You know, there's all these maybes that could apply and you need to have somebody who is familiar with these kinds of setups where you live who can give you some advice about how it should be set up. And once you know what the structures are going to be, you then need to go and find an attorney who is going to be able to do the paperwork for you um, in an efficient way. What do I mean by that? Well, you didn't give us any dollar figures about what this investor is going to be contributing. 
But if this is a stranger who's putting up a quarter million dollars for your deal, in my mind, that's going to create the need for a whole different kind of legal documentation versus it's your uncle giving you 20 grand, right? Which is going to have different kind of documentation, perhaps on a lesser order of magnitude. Uh, and so you need to talk with someone who's going to be able to help you structure all that stuff. And all of this advice is going to cost you money, right? And so you you opened up by saying um, in your question, um, I'm trying to acquire an absentee run business, but I don't have enough money to afford the down payment. So I've brought in an investor. So I just want to highlight the fact that the down payment on the business is only one part of this. There's also all of the other expenses related to legal, related to accounting, related to structuring, you know, all the, the fees for different government filings, all that kind of stuff is going to have to be taken care of as well. And then the, the one thing, of course, I always point out to people is what are you getting in the transaction? Is there going to be a further requirement for some operating capital on top of that? So the last thing you want to do for anyone is to put your last nickel into a deal. I think it would be even worse for you to put your last nickel into the deal while you've put somebody else's money into the deal and then you get a few months into the business and realize you miscalculated you know, the operating capital needs and all of a sudden you have a cash flow crisis just a couple months after purchasing. Uh, you want to avoid that because it's you're then going to have to explain to your investor why you, you need more money and you're probably going to be in a position where you can't borrow. And so what is that going to mean? It's going to mean either you're asking for the investor for some more money or you're asking someone else to come in and be an investor, which could, you know, have dilutive effects on what your current investor has already put in. It would be bad. So, uh, you know, my recommendation would be to have a thorough cash flow forecast done up. And if you don't know how to do that, head over to bizplanschool.com. Uh, that's where you can uh, learn more about my own cash flow forecasting program. But you want to be able to set up a cash flow forecast which demonstrates how the business deal is going to be able to afford to pay the manager. You said it was an absentee owned business. You want to be able to pay the manager. If you're going to be putting significant time into this, there should be some kind of salary or payroll for you that you can get out of this business. Um, you need to be able to show that you can comfortably service the debt. You want to be able to show that you're going to be able to take money out to repay this investor on terms that are acceptable to them, etc. Right? You want to make sure you have a, a, an airtight plan to the best of your ability. Anyway, thank you so much for sending that in. I thought it was a great question. And um, for any of you out there who are curious about learning how to buy a business, uh, head over to businessbuyeradvantage.com and keep the questions coming. If there's something that you think I've forgotten in the video, please just comment down below. Let me know what you think. Um, but um, cheers. Happy New Year. We'll see you all soon. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy. Go over to my blog site, davidcbarnett.com, where you can learn more about me and how I work with my clients. You can learn more about my books and courses that I've prepared for you. You can find out how to subscribe to my email list, the YouTube playlists, and more. There's literally hundreds of hours of content there, all for free, and I'd love for you to be my guest. Special thanks go to Mark Willis at Lake Growth Financial, today's video sponsor. Mark helps people better manage their personal and business finances through the bank on yourself insurance strategy. This is something I've done personally and I've seen others use it successfully for years. 
Go to newbankingsolution.com to find all the interviews I've done with Mark and learn more about the advantages of these programs. While there, sign up for a free consultation to learn what this solution might look like for you.